Is Eastern Michigan a sneaky good team or a guaranteed win? We're diving in today. Hey, you no are locked on happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. We're back, back full-time, back with the everyday shows for you. This is Kane Rob at Locked On Golden Gophers, and you're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we are doing some awesome segments now called Behind Enemy Lines, getting to know your opponent for every single Gophers game on the schedule. Yesterday, we covered the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Today, we're talking about Eastern Michigan. So if you want to learn about all of the upcoming opponents, you're going to want to be sure to hit subscribe and follow wherever you get the podcast at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, today, we're going to talk about off-season regrets. What could potentially be a regret, a regret for the Gophers as they head into the 2023 season? Then we're going to dive in deep on Eastern Michigan, a non-conference opponent that most fans don't know too much about well today i've got you covered so sit back relax and enjoy the show now first like i said we want to talk about could the gophers have any regrets heading into the 2023 season now every single off season there's going to be changes there's going to be things you have to address and that was no different with the gophers this offseason with all of the departures that they had whether it be from graduating transfers NFL comes calling, you name it, there's always departures happening from programs. Now, Minnesota saw its fair share of impact players leave, but it also seems like they have done some very nice things to address those positions, to fill those positions, starting from last season, where they let the young guys kind of step into roles on the later games on some occasions where blowouts were happening, or in the early non-con, they were getting some playing time for the young true freshmen who ended up redshirting for the young uh, depth players, for the older depth players, just to get their wheels underneath them, get them some experience because they knew they'd be needed in the next season. Now those younger players and those players who are older who have stepped in should have their feet under them and be ready for bigger roles in the 2023 season. I mean, you can look at it across the board at quarterback. You see Tanner Morgan, to Ethan Kalik Manis. Well, Tanner Morgan got hurt last year and Ethan stepped in and started five different games. So he's got some experience under his belt. He knows what to expect and has had a whole offseason now to focus on what he needs to do to be ready for the moment. Then you move over to running back. We lost Mo Ibrahim. That's huge. But we have multiple younger backs in the room that are itching, that are ready to go. Zach Evans, Darius Taylor. Uh, you've even got another true freshman coming in, Marquise Williams. You've got Bryce Williams' experience back. Plus, they hit the transfer portal and brought back a very experienced running back in Sean Tyler. So it might not be the exact same thing that we saw with all-American Mo Ibrahim, but they have 
good pieces in the room. You move to the wide receiver, there's no real impact departures. You had the struggles of Dalen Wright. You had the confidence issues from Michael Brown-Stevens, and they addressed that by hitting the portal, getting major transfer additions in an Elijah Spencer and a Corey Crooms, who we've seen nothing but shine over the course of the spring. Tight end, there was no one really leaving, only players returning. Offensive line, there's massive depth of all years, all years from freshmen to sophomores to seniors, fifth-year seniors that could be stepping in and starting this upcoming season. Defensive line lost Trill, but it looks like Devin Eastern is ready to step up and absolutely make an impact. On top of that, everyone else who had an impact season played a lot of snaps last year is back for the most part. At linebacker, you've got a lot of youth coming in now. You've got Maverick Baranowski. You've got Cody Lindenberg stepping up full-time. You've got Joey Gerlach. And then you've got transfers like Rowan, uh, who is coming in from Miami of Ohio. You've got Ryan Seelig, who is coming in of Western Michigan. So there's opportunities for them to have the right fit in that room. Cornerback was addressed after the spring. It was a huge concern in the spring, but hit the portal and got a couple players. Plus, you have a true freshman coming in. And then safety has been a very deep room. Now, all of that to say, Minnesota took a healthy approach to sustain progression, but there are two areas that I think in a very worst-case scenario, maybe Minnesota could have some regrets, and the first one is they could have maybe added a possible experienced quarterback behind Ethan Kelly McManus. Now, I am all aboard the Kelly McManus hype train. If you're an everydayer, you know that I have been talking him up since last year, because I see the potential. I've talked with his dad about his confidence and his swagger. I've talked with the coaches about how they're excited for him, and I am all aboard. I think he's going to have an extremely high upside, but he's going to have this experience this year that can really take him to the next level. Now, if anything were to happen to Ethan Kalik, man, it's because you never know in this college landscape would true freshman Drew Vioto be ready? And my guess is not to the level to compete how the Gophers would like to, especially with this schedule and how it looks like they will be passing more through the air. So if he wouldn't be ready to step in, you've got that leaves you with veteran Cole Kramer as your only other option. And he's definitely serviceable. Don't get me wrong. He looked good in the spring game. He might have outpassed Ethan Kalik Manis in the spring game. He, he looked nice. He held it together. But can he do that consistently on a game-to-game -game basis, or was it only for a short stint? That's the biggest question there for my, for my side of things. Is it sustainable? With the portal as a hot commodity right now, would bringing in depth of a guy who has maybe started a lot of games at the FCS but was looking for a shot, in the FBS or was looking to get really into coaching long, long term in the long scheme of things and wanted to kind of be that backup role, but be able to really build his coaching resume and his experience at an FBS level to really assert himself for success in the future. That's the type of guy we could have maybe went for in the portal to be a backup just in case anything were to happen. Now, hopefully we don't have to find out if that will be a regret or not. Hopefully, Ethan Kelly-McManus has an absolute baller year with 100% health and no issues, no setbacks or anything like that. But that was the first one. And the second one was, could Minnesota have gotten more aggressive in the portal at the immediate 
edge rushing production. Now, I am a big believer that Coach Debo can bring out the next level in players like Ja Joyner and Danny Strigow and Anthony Smith, but would more proven production have helped this upcoming season? We'll see this year if it was needed, but those were the two areas of regret that I thought maybe the Gophers could have in this upcoming year. Now, that is what we got there, but I want to move forward to the task at hand, to the priority topic, and that is the Eastern Michigan Eagles. So we're going to talk about them and their changes along with their potential strengths and weaknesses of this upcoming season. But before we do that, we've got to talk about our friends over at eBay Motors. Now, if a college football coach can hit the transfer portal and see what players fit their systems to a T and have a guarantee that it would work, I am guessing all of them would take that chance every single season. And they can't do that, but you can when it comes to your vehicle. Because a championship team is all about making every player fit right. And eBay Motors has that, has you covered in that department with their new eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure that every part you need for your car fits right. You've got access to all of their parts, all of their accessories with over 122 million parts to choose from. And you're going to be back in the game in no time because when you go on and you add your vehicle to your garage, you can check and see if there is a green check to let you know it will be a fit for your vehicle or your money back. And who doesn't like getting money back or the assurance that it is going to be right and you don't have to go back again to get the right part. So definitely head on over to eBay Motors when it comes to getting the right parts for your cars. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices only at ebaymotors.com. eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, not only are we in the middle of the behind the enemy lines uh, segments of this year, we're covering every single opponent tomorrow will be North Carolina, the Tower Heels, whom everybody is excited for. But also later this week, we're going to talk with someone over at PFF. That's right, PFF. We reference them all the time. You see their grading systems all the time on different socials. Well, we're talking with someone at PFF, and we're going to talk some Brevin Spam forward. So definitely be sure to hit subscribe so you do not miss that conversation. But let's catch up with the Eastern Michigan changes this season or this offseason. Now, coaching is as stable as can be with the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Now, you've got Chris Creighton. He's heading into his 10th season with the team at the head coach position. Then you move over to offensive coordinator, and that guy has been in the program for four seasons. The defensive coordinator has been with the program for six seasons, and their associate head coach and run game coordinator has been with the team for three seasons. So they've got some chemistry building. They've got some success brewing, and they've kind of gotten into the full swing of things. But how has that looked over all those seasons? Well, in the last five years, Eastern Michigan has had some success. 2022, they were 9-4. and 2021, they were 7-6. and six. COVID year was brutal, but they only played six games, 2-4. and four. 2019, they were 6-7. and seven, And 2018, they were 7-6. and six. So they haven't necessarily taken the world by storm, but they have been bowl eligible in every single full season in the last five years. On top of that, when they played Power 5 opponents, they've been 3-2 and two since 2018. They have wins against Arizona State. 
They have wins against Illinois. Now, this was pre-Brett Bielema, so it's hard to really gauge uh, the, the true success there. But then they also have a win against Purdue as well. Now, they have losses to Wisconsin and losses to Kentucky. But again, 3-2, and two, not too shabby for a team in the MAC that's been uh, just hovering around 500 in three out of those past five seasons. But last year was their best season at hand. And looking at their lineup, you know, there are some worries that come to mind for me. But before we get to the lineup, the transfers in. They've got Javon Swinton from Indiana who's coming in. They've got Terry Lockett, a wide receiver from Michigan State who's coming in. So two wide receivers from the Big Ten that haven't gotten opportunities that are coming in to Eastern Michigan to get more playing time. Then you've got Chris Mayo and Owen Snively, who are both interior offensive linemen from West Virginia and from Colorado State, who are headed in as well. Those were the main impact transfer transfers for Eastern Michigan. But when you look at the lineup as a whole, it can have some worries on the offensive side of ball. Their quarterback is Austin Smith is likely going to be the number one guy. He wasn't really the number one season, quarterback last season. He played in blips and flashes, uh, started a couple games. But he, he started six games overall, threw for 779 yards and six touchdowns, but he also had four interceptions. So the decision-making wasn't the best. It was hit or miss. But on top of that, he was a threat on the ground with 300 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns. So he can do it in the air. He can do it on the ground. Uh, but he has efficiency problems. He might have some deficient or decision-making problems. Uh, when it comes to maybe turnover where he plays, because not only did he have the four interceptions, but he fumbled the ball five times. So there could be some errors in the quarterback department and the Gophers could capitalize in that area. Now running back is the strength and the number one priority of this Eastern Michigan football team. Not only do they have Samson Evans, who is by far their best player on their entire offense, grading out at an 82.3 on PFF, which is great for a running back, but the running back too, Jalen Jackson, also graded out at a 75.3, which was the fourth highest on the team. Now, Jackson ran for 400 yards and two touchdowns last year, and Samson ran for 1,166 yards and 15 touchdowns last year. So a ton of production came from those two running backs and both of them are back with the team again next year and will probably be a focal point for most of their offensive production on the season but when it comes to wide receivers that is where things get concerning five of the six wide receivers last year that caught a single pass or more are gone five out of six are gone that leaves you with one returning player now luckily that one returning player is Tanner knew who had 45 receptions, 632 yards and nine touchdowns and was by far their most productive receiver. He will be in his graduate year this upcoming season for his last year of eligibility. So he is going to be a threat, a PFF grade of 76.4, which is the third best on the team. But beyond him, Eastern Michigan is going to need multiple guys to step up and they will be expecting a lot from their transfers in Terry Lockett from Michigan State and in Javon Swinton from Indiana. <clears throat> then you move to the protection on the offensive line side of things. They have two of their five starters returning. And you know what? Alex Howie and Brian Dooley are those two. Now, Dooley is a quality player. He is a tackle. He graded out as a 69.4 overall, 72.5 in pass block, and 66.1 in run block. 
So he can kind of do both, and he's done it at somewhat of a success rate. But that being said, he was the third best offensive lineman in that group last year. The top two are officially gone. So now he will be that number one vet who is looked to to hold things together, especially in a team that heavily relies on the run game. Defensive-wise, this team... This team, it's been in the middle of the pack in the country last year. Now, that's not terrible for a team that is coming from the MAC. They're 66th in the nation in total defense last year, 74th in the nation in run defense, and 57th in the nation in pass defense. Key defenders returning. They've got a solid number of linebackers and secondary that is returning that can help build the chemistry. Now, they lost their best player on the defensive side of ball. First team all-MAC player, MAC Western Division MVP, Jose Ramirez, who is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer taken with the 196th pick in the draft. But outside of him, they've got Luke Cameron and Joe Sparcio, who are both starting linebackers who are back. Chase Klein, who also started games, who is back. Three linebackers returning that have all started a number of games, if not the entire seasons. And then on top of that, they've got two cornerbacks that are coming back in Joshua Scott and Kempton Shine. Both of them started a large majority of games. And then they've got two starting safeties who are coming back in Contavious Scandrett and TJ Spivey starting at safeties. Now, Peyton Price was an interior defensive lineman as well, who is also back, who played a number of games and started a number as well. Every single one of those players I just listed, and that was eight players in total, have played 450 to 690 snaps in last season alone. So on defense, they have a ton of production returning, especially in the linebacker and the secondary cores. Now, this was a defense that was tied for 47th in turnovers, forcing 20 turnovers last season. Like I said, they, they were in the middle of the pack when it came to rushing defense, when it came to passing defense. They held their own, but when it came to turnovers, they get that done, and it happens consistently each and every year over these last three years. 20 turnovers forced last year. 18 turnovers forced the year before that. And even in the shortened 2020 season where they only played six games, they had 12 turnovers forced, including nine fumbles. You have to take care of the rock when you're playing against this Eastern Michigan football team. Now, even though the defense wasn't elite or one to write home about, they really held their own. They had eight of 11 starters returning, and that is extremely impressive for any team in America because the communication and the chemistry between so many returning players will likely only improve. So the veteran presence could create less errors and possibly a more favorable situation for the Eastern Michigan Eagles on the defensive side of ball. So what will the Gophers have to focus on? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? And what is one potential make or break when it comes to playing the Eastern Michigan Eagles? That's how we're going to wrap this one up. Coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, thank you again for listening. I hope you've learned a little bit about the Eastern Michigan Eagles. They're not a team to sleep on, but they are a game that the Gophers should absolutely win in the 2023 season. And the make or break moment for the Eastern Michigan Eagles, in my eyes, is looking at that schedule. Minnesota is the Super Bowl for this team. Minnesota is by far the hardest game that they have on their schedule, the only Power 5 opponent on the schedule, and they had the same exact situation last year with Arizona State, and they came out with a dub because it was circled, and it was highlighted, and it was 
put on a bulletin boards. This is our game. We can do this. And they absolutely did. Well, I am sure that they're going to have that exact same mentality when they come to Dinky Town to play the Gophers. So the Gophers cannot sleep on this team or look past them thinking about North Carolina, which would be coming the following week. That could be a problem. Playing them seriously should give the Gophers a win, especially if you slow down the running game or you get a lead to take them out. That is the make or break there. You can't sleep on this team. You have to play them respectively. And if you do that, you can take this dub. All you have to do is get them away from the run game. Now you get a two score lead. They're going to have to try and pass the ball and they don't necessarily have the weapons or the consistency or the chemistry to do that successfully. So take them out of the style they want to play. Now, like I said, the strengths for this team, they absolutely have a strong running game. They have two running backs that can get it done. And Minnesota has shown weakness to the running game at times. They got absolutely gashed by Devin Mockaby last year in a game where we didn't have Mo, in a game where our wide receivers couldn't catch the ball, in a game where we couldn't hit a field goal, a game where we really should have won the game at homecoming and had every opportunity, even with all of those things, we were in the game down to the final three minutes, and they gave it up. They beat themselves. You can't do that with this team. We've seen the Gophers do that for the past two seasons now in a Bowling Green game, and then in last year's Purdue game. You cannot do that anytime this season, but especially not against the Eastern Michigan uh, Eagles. Otherwise, it is going to be tough sledding. Now, like I said, Samson Evans is a truly respectable back in the college football landscape. He is a player who gets a lot of production. 15 touchdowns is nothing to slough at on top of almost 1,200 yards rushing. He can get it done. He finds his holes. He's got good reads. So you have to get them away from the run game. Now, on top of that, the strengths of this team include that veteran defense, include so many returning that the mistakes should cut down on their front. But the biggest strength on that defensive side is the forcing of turnovers. Minnesota is going to have to have a lock on the ball. They're going to have to make the ball the program, like Coach P.J. Fleck always says. But with a younger team, with so many guys that are maybe newer to the starting experiences full-time, like Ethan, uh, it, depending on if Zach Evans gets in there at running back a little bit, Sean Tyler coming from the MAC, uh, what he will be able to do against them. But all of them need to hold on to the ball. That is going to be major. And then Ethan Kelly manners like I said, we could see some more explosive shots this season, but this will be a game to really prove and hone in on not making turnover-worthy plays, only the right reads, even if that means the check down or quick slants or anything like that. Now, I think the Gophers will thrive in this, but overall, those are the strengths of Eastern Michigan. When you flip to the weaknesses, the offensive line is losing a lot of impact players, and that could allow for the Gophers to get some real opportunities with their defensive line and creating pressure. Basically, everything that Coach Debo is trying to take to the next level with the intricacies and with the bend and with the movements and with timing of things when it comes to using your hands and things of that nature, this will be the perfect game to really get a hold of it and put it to the test because there are so many new faces to this offensive line. And even the ones that are returning, only one is a guy that maybe you're like, okay, he can hold his own. Maybe every, but everybody else there, it's a question mark or it's like, okay, we can get the work in. So it's definitely an uh, opportunity for Minnesota to try 
and shut it down, try and get that pressure going and try to officially get home on the quarterback. Now, the quarterback is mobile and can use his legs often, but we'll see if Minnesota can hone in on that and really capitalize on bottling up mobile quarterbacks. Now, the passing game is super suspect. We don't know who is going to be not only a pass catcher of note for this team. Will any of those transfers be the next big thing for this team, or will they have proven why they weren't ready for the power five level. And then on top of that, the passer himself, he's shown that he can't make the best decision. He's shown that he turns the ball over. So you have to capitalize on the passing game, which is already suspect and put them in the position to not be able to run, whether you get up by multiple scores or what have you. And then finally, this team and their weakness, another weakness of theirs is that they lack discipline. They tied for the third most penalties of all teams in the entire nation last year. And they stood alone at second worst in the entire nation with most penalty yards given up. So they are not the most disciplined team. The Gophers were number one in the entire nation when it came to least amount of penalties. This team is quite the opposite. So that discipline on top of Playing to the strengths of our team and not theirs should allow the Gophers to walk away with a victory, most likely in this game. But you cannot overlook the team. Otherwise, you could have some issues on the ground game. That's the Eastern Michigan Eagles. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Tomorrow, we are talking North Carolina, and it is going to be a fun one. On top of that, we're going to talk about why college game day heading to North Carolina in week one could be a good thing for the Gophers. Learn more about the Tar Heels tomorrow and their Heisman quarterback in Drake May. All that and more. I'll see you then. Row the boat, Sky Yuma. Go Gophers, and don't forget to subscribe.